Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Amen, amen. Good morning, beloved. Um, I missed gathering with worship with you guys. Uh, we have, my bride and I, passed the baton in the driveway just a few moments ago. Uh, we've been battling a little sickness in our household, and it claimed the third Jesse boy last night during the night. And so um, I won't be at the back door to shake your hand, so don't worry. But uh, nonetheless, um, it, it's got us running pretty wild. So uh, this morning, want to come to the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. And in the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, the 7th verse, we're going to hear something extremely important and imperative to our lives, something in which um, you, you, can, you can build your life around. And it's answering this question, why did God create the world? Right? And, and in seeking the answer to that question, like why did God create the world, it's hopefully going to help us understand some other questions, like why am I here? Right? Who is God? What's my purpose? Right? I mean, things that you've probably wondered, you, you've, you've tried to seek after, like what does my life have? What, what's the significance of my life? Why am I even here? Right? And so... We're going to try to strive after answering that question, why did God create the world, as Isaiah tells us in the 43rd chapter of his word. I don't know if any of you are beach folks. Um, I like building sandcastles. Obviously, you can probably see that I did not build this one, right? Um, My sandcastles look a little bit more like this, right? Um, But but I love to build sandcastles. it's one of the things that usually my dad and I did each year on vacation is we just spend some time usually each day uh, just down building sandcastles and I would have my trucks and playing and digging and doing. That's just kind of where I camped. I love to camp there and just to, to do. And sometimes my brothers would come in. They're, they're, I don't know if any of you have bigger brothers, uglier brothers. Yes, yes. Yeah, hands even went higher, right? Always, right? Some of you are the bigger brothers, so you're giving me the stink eye now. But anyway, nonetheless, right? Um uh, they would come in, right, and they would have these grand ideas of, like, how we're going to build a sandcastle that looks so awesome. And, and what they didn't realize is, is how important the foundation is. Right? I mean, you, you can build the best sandcastle you, you have ever, ever imagined and thought, but the reality is, no matter how good your sandcastle looks, what's coming? The waves are coming, aren't they? And what I learned is, listen, if you don't build that foundation, right, like, if you don't get that foundation solid, set, it doesn't matter how pretty your sandcastles are, how, how, how much time you spent working on it, grooming it, shaping it, right, getting it smooth, transitioning out, right, all the cool tunnels. If you don't get your foundation right, man, you're set up for a big crash. And that's really where Isaiah is bringing us today. He's saying, listen, guys, if you want to get your life right, if you want to structure your life, I'm going to let you guys have a clue today how to do that. Look at both of me if you would. The 43rd chapter of Isaiah. Listen to these words from the word, beginning in verse 5. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up and to the south. Do not withhold. <clears throat> bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name. And now listen to this. Pause here for a moment. Slow down. Listen to this. Whom I created, right? So God's speaking about why he is creating people. That's what he says. It's for what? My glory. That's it. And we're going to unpack this the remainder of the day, try to go deeper into this, understand this better. 
But God says, listen, I want you to know why I created you. I created you for my what? For my glory, right? The, the Hebrew word glory here indicates, it, it's a word they used um, that indicated weight, substance. And what the Hebrew people were trying to do is when they spoke of God's glory, they were saying this is something that's significant. It matters, right? And so they used a word that would indicate some type of heavy weight, right? And so they're saying, listen, when we talk about God and we talk about his glory, we need to realize we're talking about something of the utmost importance. Like something that's so significant, right? We're speaking about one who simply calls himself the great I am. That there is one who is self-existence. He's the uncreated creator, Right? This is an eternal God we're speaking of. A God who is sinless and perfect and holy and righteous. And so when we speak of this God and His glory, listen, he says, I want you to know that this has great weight to it. One author, when he speaks about the glory of God, I'll come back to that in a moment. He says, listen, uh, when we think about the, the glory of God and how important it is, it, it reminds us maybe of gravity. Right, I don't know if you today, if you were to take an apple here, or imagine we're holding, you see on the screen, and we're holding an apple, and, and we turn our hand upside down, and we let go. What's going to happen to that apple? It's going to fall. Why? Gravity, right? The earth is so large, it has a gravitational field, right? A gravitational pull on all the objects. It's what, in fact, keeps us right now, as, this, as opposed to being in outer space, outside that gravitational pull, from just floating around haphazardly, right? Aimlessly, all throughout. It pulls us down to the surface. It keeps us grounded. And listen, in a similar way, right, as you think about God's glory. God's glory is the one thing that brings all of us together. It gives our life sense. It gives our life direction. It gives our life purpose. Right, that everything that we do should be ordered around the glory of God. So when you think about your family, you need to be thinking, how does the glory of God impact my family? When you think about your work, right, how does the glory of God impact your work, right? This great weight of who God is, how is that significant? When you go to school, right, when you interact in the community, everything that we do, decisions, everything is centered around the glory of God. So look at this first with me, you would. The first point, God created the world for his own glory. God created the world for his own glory. Listen to what it says, beginning in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then he says, so God created man in his what? His own image. In the image of God, he created him. Look what he says here. Male and female, he created them. Everyone, right? God has ever met, created. is created to be, be in the likeness of God, the image of God, after our likeness. He says, listen, I want you to know why I created you. I created you to reflect and reveal me. Seven billion people on the face of the earth. God's created purpose for them is this, to bear His glory. To reflect who God is. To show God to everyone else, right? And that's your calling. As you walk through the hallways of school, greater than your GPA, greater than your excellence in music or the arts or sports or any academics, right? I mean, the greatest thing that God has called you to do as you walk the halls of your school is to reflect and reveal his glory. But not only is the creature made to reveal God's glory, the creation was as well. Listen to this, Romans chapter 1 in the New Testament. Now, 
Paul writes these words and he says in verse 20 of the first chapter to the, to, to the church at Rome. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature. In a moment, right, he's going to talk about here about the glory of the immortal God. That's what he's after, right? So when he's speaking of this invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, he's speaking about the glory of God, this creator. Look what it says. Have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. So the creation is a, a reflection or a revelation of how powerful and how divine God truly is. He's invisible. You can't see him. But he says, listen, if you want to get a capture for a moment, how great this God is, how powerful he is, just open your eyes and look at all the creation around you. Behold the sun rising and the sun setting. Look at the stars, the heavens. Hear the creatures. Stop your ears. Just close, close off everything else and listen to the creatures. Watch the amazing animals and all the livestock. Behold the sea and all that is in them. Look at the complexity of everything that God has created. And he says, listen, because God has made these and it points to a creator God, this invisible God, it says that it leaves all humanity in this place without excuse. You can't say that you don't know there's a God, he says, because the very creation screams this is not accidental. Right? I mean, I, I heard a guy this a couple weeks ago, Brother Todd and I were at somewhere and he was preaching. He says, listen. There's no way it went from the goo to the zoo to you, right? I mean, it just didn't happen that way. There's a creator God who created everything with purpose and intent, and it's for his glory. He didn't like haphazardly hope it comes together. This is about God's glory. Do you see that? The attack on creation is an attack on the very glory of your God. It's a big deal. And he says, listen, I want you to know the creation cries out that there is a creator But look at this, verse 21 of Romans 1. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Look at he calls it foolishness when we turn from God. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Look what it says. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God. This is about the immortal God's glory. This is about how weighty He is, how great He is, how mighty He is. And they began to worship images resembling mortal man and birds and creatures. It says, listen, when you look out and, and you hear nature, or some of you, as you'll find yourself in a stand soon, maybe hunting, or you, you cast that line upon the waters, or you're in that tractor on those open fields, or some of you, just early mornings, you see the sunset or the sunrise, and, or at night when you capture the sunset, or you walk out and you behold the stars. He says, listen, everything is pointing that there is a great God of glory who created all of this. He says, listen, this is why the world was created. It's for the glory of God. Not only the creation, but beloved, you, you, God created you in his image. You are the high point of his creation. It is you that is called to bear the weight of the glory of God by reflecting him to all creation. But unfortunately, we've got it terribly wrong. And the Bible says that. Although we know him, we don't honor him. This is rebellion. And the Bible calls us sin. And Romans 3 and 23, one of the most familiar passages to many of you, says, for all have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory of God. That's what's so serious and heinous about our sin. 
It is a treason against the immortal, invisible, glorious God. And it is a, 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 listen, to go against Him is nothing that can be pardoned by your own works. There's nothing you could do to ever overcome that. You have sinned against an immortal, glorious, empowered Creator God. So therefore, someone must come. Someone must act. So turn back with me if you would. Back into Isaiah 43. Let's hear again the second point as you make your way back to Isaiah 43. God reveals His glory by displaying Himself. God is going to reveal His glory to His people by displaying Himself. Again, back in verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created, look at it again, why did God create us? Why? For my glory, right? I want you to leave with that today. I want you to think about that. I want you to, to let that be a part of permeating all that you do, all that you think. I'm created for God's glory. What's that mean? How does this impact me, right, as a person? How does this impact my family? How does this impact who I am as an employee or an employer, right? I mean, everything is rooted in the fact that you were created for His glory. If you remember um, the last two weeks, we've been walking through Isaiah 42 and We've been talking about that the fact is that we're all bruised what? We're bruised reeds. We are. And the beauty was is that even though we're bruised reeds, it says the servant won't crush us. And the unfortunate part is at the end of chapter 42 is that the, although this is who the servant is, it shows that the people do not honor him. In fact, they turn the opposite direction from him. And then listen to this in verse 43. Or chapter 43, beginning verse 1. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. Look what he says here. You are what? You are mine. This is a merciful and gracious God. Right? They have not earned it. They have not deserved it. In fact, they have gone away from the suffering servant. They have, they have despised Him. Right, This one that a bruised reed he will not crush. This one they've turned against. But he says, listen, I want you to know that I'm a God of mercy and I'm a God of grace. And I want you to know that even though you've not earned it, even though you've not been good enough to keep it, you are mine. That's the God whom you're worshiping this morning. You are mine. So how does God reveal himself throughout this chapter? Listen to some of the ways he does. Verse 4. Look, listen to what he says. Because you are, look what he calls them, precious in my eyes how precious are they looking back with me verse 2 of isaiah 43 when you pass through the waters i'll be with you and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you when you walk through fire you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you why for i am the lord your god the holy one of israel your savior i give egypt as your ransom cushion seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes he says listen you haven't earned it or deserved it but i want you to know that i am a god who is with you and i am faithful to keep you and never stop loving you not only that look what else he says to him again god just revealing his glory Right. If we're going to worship this God, we have to understand who is this God? Why is he so weighty? What is he worth? Right. Anchoring my life in him. He says, because you are precious in my eyes and honored. We don't have time. But if you looked at verses 14 through 19, it says these people who have found themselves now in Babylonian exile. Right. They are out of the promised land. God says, guess what? There's going to come a new exodus. Just like I parted the Red Sea and delivered the people out of Egypt. I want you to know, he says, behold, I do a new thing. I'm going to deliver you. But this time, listen, it's not just we're talking about Egyptian bondage. This is not just Babylonian bondage. This is bondage to sin. This is the ultimate exodus. 
Right. It might be interesting if you read the accounts of Jesus when he's on the Mount of Transfiguration, like in Matthew 17 and Moses and Elijah show up. You know what the biblical text tells us they're talking about his exodus. Why? Because there is coming a greater Moses, one who will lead the people out, not simply of physical slavery and bondage on this earth, one that can lead you from the grave. He can lead you out of the grave. He can overcome your sin. There is a greater Moses coming. And it's Christ upon the cross, crucified and buried on the third day. Some of our kiddos, what's going to happen on the third day according to the Scriptures? He was what? He was raised, wasn't he? Come on. I work with some of you guys. I know you know it. I see one of you in the back. I know you know it. I've heard you. You're sharing. I know you know it. He was raised. There's a God who is coming to bring a new exodus and it is for you and I to come out of sin and death. So listen, this God, look, we've got to answer how much does he love us? Look what it says, verse 22. After all that God is going to do for him, look, this new exodus, look what he says, verse 22. Yeah, you did not call upon me, O Jacob. You've not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honor me with your sacrifices. I'm not burdened you with offerings or wearied you with frankincense. You've not brought me sweet cane with money or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. Here's what you have brought me. This is what he says. He says, you haven't brought me anything, any sacrifices, right? You haven't, you haven't come to worship me. Look at look what you have brought me though. You burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. And then hear this God of love. Again, if you're going to worship this God, if He is so glorious, if He is so weighty, we must understand who He is. Listen to what it says here. I I am He who blots out what? Your transgressions. And then the question is, well, why would God ever do that? And look what it says. For what? My own sake. Do you... Some of you feel like you've done stuff that's too far. It's like too bad. Like you've done something unforgivable. I don't know if you've, you've lied, you've stolen, you've bribed, you've slept with someone that wasn't your spouse, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know, like you've murdered someone. Some, I mean, I don't know. Again, you, abortion. I don't know. What, whatever it is for you, you feel like you've done something that's unforgivable. I, I, I want this to land on you this morning. I want you to hear this. This God says He's going to forgive sins for my own sake. Do you realize that the very glory of God is revealed in forgiving you of whatever you think is unforgivable? In fact, that's why this servant came to make what you think unforgivable. He says on the cross, that's forgivable. I'll take that. I'll take your lies. I'll take your deception. I'll take your your pornography. I'll, I'll take... All that you've done that you think is too far gone. I want you to know that I can forgive that. You say, how? He says, listen, I want you to know it's for my glory. For all eternity. You're going to see in a moment. We come to Revelation 5. For all eternity, everyone's going to be worshiping this Lamb who was slain, who is risen, who took your sin. He's paid it in full. Nothing that you have done is unforgivable. Why? Because Christ came and died for the unforgivable on the cross. And it's for His glory. God says, I want you to know who I am. Right? And verse 11, look, it gives it even more specific. Verse 11, Isaiah 43. Again, if we need to know who this God is, we're trying to, we're after this. God reveals His glory by displaying Himself. Listen to how He displays who He is. Verse 11. 
I, I am the Lord. And besides me, listen to this. There is what? There's no Savior. There's no Savior. And, and listen, hopefully you're, you're hearing the trajectory of the sermon. You, you see that I, I'm doing everything I can to point here. But I, I want to bring this to our third and final point this morning. It's this. God's greatest display of His glory is in Jesus. If you've wanted to wonder how great this God is, how weighty is He, how important is He, how significant is He, who is God really? Right? Have you ever wondered, like, who is God really? Like, who is this God? Everything is pointing here, right? Verse 11 says there's no other Savior. The greatest display of God's glory is ultimately in the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. This is the ultimate display of God's glory. It is Jesus coming. So if, I don't know if any of you, if you carry a study Bible, my study Bible has this right here. All right, now listen to this. It's a, it's a, it's kind of attached to verse 5 and 7 of Isaiah 43. And this week when I was just reading through and studying, this is what it said. Listen to this. God's people become living proof of His glory, which is His ultimate goal in salvation. And look what it does. All right, this is the ESV study Bible. I don't know if yours has something similar. But it cites Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 6. Which I thought, man, this is exactly where all the text is going. And so I want to take just a moment just to pause and look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. Look up if you would. Pick up, let's pick up in verse 5. He predestined. God look, it speaks about God. This is Paul, right in the church at Ephesus. It says, God predestined us for adoption. So God is doing something, right? God is at work. Right, this foreordaining work. God is predestined us specifically for adoption. To be a part of His family as sons, He says, through Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says. According to the purpose of His what? This is the will of God. And then watch this, right? Why would God do this? Why would He adopt these children, right? Those who he's going to say in chapter 2 are dead in trespasses and sin, who follow the ways of the world, who are under the power of the evil one. That's what he's going to say. Why would he ever do that? Why would he ever love people like that? Some of you wonder, why would he ever love someone like you? Listen to this. All that God's doing. Look what he says here. Beginning of verse 6. 2. Here's where this is headed. To the praise of His what? Glorious grace. This is the praise of God's glorious grace. In Ephesians 2 and 7, He talks about God's grace as being kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. This is to the praise of God's glorious grace. Listen, I'm, I'm trying my best to build my argument so when I come to the end and I ask you to surrender all, when I call to you to lay down your life, to, to no longer live the trajectory you're on, I want you to hear and know why it's worthwhile. I want you to see how great this God is and say, dude, you're right, man. How could I not say, here I am. Here I am. Listen, all that I am. I, I've been living contrary to your word and to your will. I've been living for my own kingdom and my own glory. But I realize that your glory is so much greater. I'm called to be your image bearer. Here I am. I repent. That's where I'm trying to lead you. But I want you to see it from the text. Why it is worth you surrendering all this morning. It's to the praise of His glorious grace. And listen, listen, some of you Listen, you read Genesis chapter 1, you come into Genesis 2, and then you get to Genesis 3, and you see Adam and Eve in the garden. And you hear about God telling them, listen, you may eat from any tree, but from the tree of the what? 
the knowledge of good and what? You shall not what? Eat. For when you eat of it, you will surely what? You surely die. And you read that and you see them do that. And you think, man, I wonder what God must have thought in that moment. I want you to know that God wasn't surprised in that moment. Look, if you would, verse 4 of Ephesians 1. Again, this is going to help some of you just grasp the Scriptures and some things that are happening that you often maybe wondered. Verse 4 of Ephesians 1. Even as He chose us in Him. Notice what it says. Before what? Foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, God knew that men and women would fall into sin and He still created us Why? For God so loved the world that He gave His only who? Begotten Son. That whoever, that you, if you would believe in Him, you would what? You would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. This is not like God knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh no, what are we going to do now? This was God knowing beforehand. This was a God who was set on listen Receiving eternal praise for the glory of His grace. Why? Because this God was going to do for us what we could never do for ourselves, what we will never earn, what you will never ever deserve. It is to be forgiven and stand in the presence of the Holy of Holies and not be ruined and not be undone. Why? Because Jesus is coming. And that was before the foundation of the world. That's how great this God is. So where does this lead? Listen to what's going to happen. Revelation 5. The book of Revelation is John writing. It's the last book of the New Testament. He writes and he looks down the horizon looking toward eternity. Okay. And he begins to God just God begins to reveal these things to him. It's a revelation of who Jesus is. It's a revelation of what's going to happen at the end times. It's called the apocalypse. Right. It's this great unveiling of the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ. And listen to this. Revelation 5 begins to tell us a little bit about the church and what's going to happen in these end times as we look to eternity. Verse 9 of Revelation 5. And they sang a new song. That's, hey, I think we heard that last week, didn't we? They sang an even in heaven. There's going to be a new song. They sang a new song. It says, worthy are you. They're speaking of the Christ who's come forth, who's broken the seals that no one else could break. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's why we must go. That's why GBC will have our heart set to the nations always. Because people from every nation, tribe, and language, and tongue have listened. Look what's happened to them. By the blood of Christ, they have been ransomed for God. For God. These people have been purchased just like you, beloved. And they deserve to hear. And they must know. Why? Because Revelation 5 says in verse 9 that they will be there with us. Every nation, people, tribe, and language around the throne Why? Because they too are image bearers. Let racism end. Beloved, whoever you see is made in the Mago Day. They are in the very image of God, just like you are. And they will be around the throne, just like you are. Worshipping the One who has ransomed them. Listen to what verse 13 says. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth 
and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Listen to what it says. Be blessing and honor and what? Glory and might. What? Forever and ever. This is eternal glory. Why? Because he has paid an eternal debt with his blood to ransom you. Let all that land on you just for a moment. That's who this God is that you're worshiping. When you hear that you're created for His glory, you must realize the weight of who this God is that you are called to reflect and reveal and point to. And the question is, well, Blake, how do I do that practically? How might I live that out? I don't have much time today, but I just want to take you maybe to one passage. I'm going to be very brief. Maybe we can go deeper at some other point. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. Again, we're trying to answer, how does this look practically now? How do I live this out, Blake? I, I, I'm with you. This is a great and glorious God. He created the creation for Him, the creature for Him. Nobody got it right, but ultimately the Christ did. He's the one that's worthy of all, right, all my sacrifice. He is worthy of, of just centering my life upon Him, on Christ, the resurrected King. And look what it says, verse 15. Yes, to this day. Whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's freedom. There's liberty. And we all with unveiled face beholding what? Look what it says here. What are you going to behold? The glory of the Lord. Our being. This is present, active. This is who you are if you are in Christ are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Did you hear that? You, because you are in Christ, you are becoming more like Christ. This is it. You are beholding the glory of the Lord. You are seeing the Lord's glory in other people because Christ is in you. Listen, look at what he says. For, look, look, this is the reason why for his argument. Because some of you are, you're just like me, you're thinking, dude, if you knew how bad I struggle on the inside. If you knew just some of the stuff I've thought about or done this week or said, you, if you just knew some of my mistakes, Blake, if you just if you just knew, you'd say, there's no way that guy's becoming more like Jesus. I just want you to hear this this morning. Four. Here's why. Here's why. For those that are in Christ this morning, here's why you're being transformed into the image of Christ. The glory of the Lord is you're beholding. This is why. For this comes from the Lord who is what? The Spirit. This is the Spirit of God at work in you. This is the Spirit of God at work in you to transform you to the glory of Jesus Christ. And so, Paul, look, just, just the next chapter over again. And even if verse 3 of, of 2 Corinthians 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. Look. look. He's blinded minds, right? I mean, just the other day, I was just there like, God, I, I can't get through this person. As much as I want to, God, I just desperately desire for them to hear your gospel. Oh, God, I want them to repent and believe and not perish for eternity. But I can't get through do you feel that? 
Do you feel that weight for your family, for your, the people that walk the hallways of Green County? Do you feel that on your job sites? Do you feel that when you just walk amongst the community, the stores? Do you see people on the sidewalk and think, that person will enter eternity separated from God if they don't know the love of Christ? Look what the God of this world's doing. He's to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. And then this is just further revelation. Look what he says the gospel is. The light of the gospel of what? The what? The glory of Christ. If you're after the glory of Christ, he says, it's found right here in the gospel. The glory of Christ is found in the gospel. Why? Because look who he is. He is, guess what? The image of who? He's the image of God. The thing that we were designed and created for that we didn't get right, He got it right. And by the power of the work of the Holy Spirit in you, He is making you more like Christ, which is making you more like the image of God. Do you see this great glory? Do you see how much grace you have received? Do you see the mercy and the kindness and love and gentleness and tenderness of God? So Paul says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves. This is not about us, he says. But Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because He's the glory of God. With ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So He says, listen, this Christian life is not about ourselves and we are servants of others for the sake of Jesus. This life is not about you. This church is not about you. It's not. It's not about me. It's not about leadership. Listen, it is about Christ. Verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light. Look what he says here. This is beautiful again. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So we have the glory of Christ. Now we have the glory of God. Look what he says. It's in what? The face of Jesus Christ. He says, if you desire to see the glory of God, then you must behold the man upon the cross. My sin, your sin, upon his shoulders. What he did there brought hope from what? Despair. Oh, how he what? He loves you and me. Beloved, listen. Because of who this God is, I, I'm compelling you in light of who he is. Right, you see the vision of the church is God in me. I, I'm calling you this morning because of who this God is and His great glory that you would center your, your life around Him. If Listen, if it's through the glory of the gospel that we become more and more like Christ by the power of the Spirit, then you must spend time with Him and His Word. I'm going to challenge you for some of you. Listen, would you just get up one minute earlier tomorrow? We just start with one minute for the next week or two. Just one minute a day before you start your day. Just one minute alone with Him. For some of you, listen, maybe it's two minutes. Maybe it's five minutes. I, I just, I just, I want you to say, listen, if God, if my life, if you are the King of glory and my life is to be centered around you, if I'm called to be made in your image, if that's what you have designed and created me for, then I must spend time alone with you and your word, allowing the Spirit to say, listen, Right, it's a mirror. This word is a sword. It's going to cut you. It's going to hurt. It's going to reveal things in your life. It says, listen, the man, the mirror is not the man upon the cross. And that must move us to repentance morning by morning. New mercies I see. Not only secondly, listen, I want you to leverage not only your life, right? Just spending time practically in God's word. But think about your family. 
How might your family, right, begin to center your life and how you order your days around the glory of God? How you spend your finances, the places that you go, the things that you allow to be on your screens in your home, the things that you allow your children to do, how you just listen, how you order your steps day after day. Listen, all of that. Because of this God of glory, how does my family anchor in the cross? How do I point my children, right? God church in me, how, how do I point my children here? How do I invest them in Sunday school or Sunday nights, Wednesday nights? How do I get them prepared? Listen, the most important thing in your life, listen, is not how, how good you'll be on the sports field. It's not how achieved you'll be musically or academically. It's not how, like, how, how, how well you'll do financially. The most important thing that you can do for your children and your family and those that you love is to point them to the glory of Jesus Christ. And we must do that intentionally. Just like you send them to school. Just like you teach them how to work hard at home. Just how you teach them to be honest. That's how you teach them to eat healthy and do things right and exercise and all the things that are important to you. This is the most important. This is the glory of God. And if they don't catch it from you, who are they going to catch it from? If they don't see it in you, and how you order your steps, and how you prioritize your life, you think they're going to do it on their own? This is the glory of God. And then God, world, and me. Beloved, we heard from Revelation 5, there will be people from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language around the throne. Why? The text says it's because Jesus Christ with His own blood ransomed them. So I'm asking you, because of the glory of God, and ultimately that's in Christ dying for you. This is, this is not you just doing something because you have to. This is a, really an act of submission, of surrender to the one who died for you, who took the cross for you, who, who experienced the wrath of God, the judgment of God for you. This is your response to Him. How will you order your steps? For some of you, listen, that's going to mean being a part of changers this year and going and, and taking the gospel here as we go. Some of you, that's going to be a part of going to Oklahoma. You're just going to surrender and say, listen, that, that, that's the first step for me. Some of you, the first step may be just being involved in a Wednesday night or a Sunday night here or driving the bus, right? I mean, you just want to take the gospel to this community. Some of you, listen, God's going to call you to lay down your life in response to His glory. In response to the fact that people from every nation will be before the throne for all eternity. And you're going to be a part of international mission trips. This is, listen, the glory of God must move us. As we as a church think about where we're headed and what we're going to do, we must think of everything in light of the glory of God. And ultimately that is in Jesus Christ. Everything we do must point to Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. And that means we must be intentional to share this gospel. To teach this gospel. To tell this gospel. To invite others. Some of you, listen, it's time for you to invite others just to come and see. Come and see. Listen. Come and see. Invite them to come to church with you. Come and see. The glory of God. That's why you are created. That is why you're here. That's why you're still drawing breath. Some of you wonder. I talk to, to, to senior adults at Bluegrass Way once a month. And I know many of them are struggling physically. Some of you are there. You're struggling physically. Some of you are alone. Some of you wonder. Some of you, listen, you're a teenager and you've got the same thing. Why am I even here? It would be better if I was gone. The Bible says that you are here to give glory to God. And when God is finished with you giving glory to Him here, He'll take you to be in His presence to give glory to Him there. 
But you must come to Him through the Son. This morning, would you repent and come? Would you pray with me? Father, I can't open eyes. I can't cause people to hear and see. But you, you have ordained it through the preaching of the gospel. So Lord, I pray this morning that you have given people ears to hear what you're desiring to say to the church. I know your word says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Father, I pray that those who feel like what they have done is unforgivable. God, I pray that you'll let them know that nothing is unforgivable because your son paid the penalty for it. God, would you direct this church? Not to the place that Todd and I want to go or the leadership wants it to go. To the place that you want it to go. Would you just direct it? Would your will be done in everything we say and do? Every decision we make? Father, for the families here, God, I pray today that your spirit will just direct their steps as a family. That they'll invest their times the way they give their money. Their fine, I mean, just everything they do will be centered on the glory of God. Lastly, Lord, for every individual here, I pray that maybe even it's just one minute starting tomorrow morning. They'll get up one minute earlier and just spend a moment just reading a verse and just praying just for a moment and thinking about that verse throughout the day. I know you can do it, God. Just one, Start with just one verse. Would you do a work, God, that they would behold your glory, not only now, but they would be made more and more like your son Jesus and that they would worship him for all eternity. God, those are super big prayers that I can't make happen. But your word says what is impossible with man is possible with God. So, Lord, I entrust their souls and my own to you. May the glory of God be revealed today in the face of Jesus Christ. In his name I pray, amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.